0: Hello, everyone. It's time for Connecting the Dots. It's time for Bible study on Sunday. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Connecting the Dots. Let's get into some Bible study today. I will be teaching out of the book of Colossians. For the last several episodes, I have been uh, teaching verse by verse out of the book of Colossians. And I will continue in the last chapter of the book of Colossians. And without either further ado, I'm going to get right into that. If you want some back information on the first three chapters of Colossians, I recommend that you go back and just go through all of the first three chapters that I went through and everything and that will explain what the book is about, about who the author is and who's the audience and what Paul is talking to the audience about. And of what right up front, the audience is the body of Christ. And i like to uh, let everyone know, see, when Paul's letters, 98 percent, I believe, of Paul's letters is to believers. 98 percent, I believe. That's just a percentage I'm just coming up with by reading it, that he's talking to believers. The reason I say that, because it may be other Jewish from the kingdom program that helps out and stuff like that that have not converted. I'm not sure, but I believe it could be. So I just, to be on the safe side, 98% of his books is uh, towards the body of Christ, predominantly the Gentiles. So, when you read Paul's books, remember the audience is the church. The audience is the body of Christ who Paul is addressing. His uh, teachings to uh, daily living morals and how to be one how to pray and all kind of that stuff that's for the body of church body of christ today so i just want, want to get that out there what i'm going to get into now i went through uh the last uh segment from three i went from 14 all the way to 25 ending uh Chapter three, I will be getting right into chapter four. But remember, like I said, you know, because of time constraints and I like to try to be as much as I can faithful to time and faithful to others times that listen to my program that please go back and uh, go through the last previous teachings on from book one all the way to the end of book three and catch up on there. And I like to do it that route so I won't spend a lot of time going back of what I have taught on this I don't do it that way like others anyway I like to give as much time as I can to each chapter each verse that I'm going through and I recommend my listeners just go back and just go through the other through the other t- uh shows that I have done pertaining to whatever book I'm teaching out of which it happens to be the book of Colossians. could you do that It does not take any time at all. It beats me just going back through everything. Just go back and just, you know, catch up, you know, go back and listen to the shows before this one. That's all you have to do. I recommend that you don't have to. You can do all this later, which is good, too. But I just recommend that if you just want a breakdown or a sub breakdown, what the Book of Colossians is all about. Okay. What I can tell you is the author is the Apostle Paul and the the audience is the church, which is the body of Christ. Believers only the body of Christ. Okay, let's go to four and I'm going to try to read through. Okay, let's go to I like to do a read through first. That's how I do it in the format. I don't go straight out breaking down, you know, each verse as I read it starting off. I like to go through certain verses and then break down what's going on. What I'm gonna to try to do, Lord willing, within 30-35 minutes, is go through the uh the four eighteen verses if I can. Because these eighteen verses It's just almost like follow-ups or what the church should be doing and then it's Paul thanking certain followers of his and stuff like that. So it doesn't take a theological breakdown to explain what he's talking about or who he's talking about or something that's new, more fresher than the previous verses that he'd been teaching the church what they need to do. So I should be able to get through this uh, chapter pretty fast because you, you don't hope... One thing I don't want to do when I don't have to is overanalyze verses that's plain and simple, what he's talking about and what he's saying. And I think that can be a kind of a burden sometimes, and it prolongs the time of teaching God's Word when it does not have to be. So, what I try to do i 'm going to try to go through this so I may have a little time to explain you know a little further things and, make, uh, and have time to leave for announcements that's, that I will be doing in the future, maybe starting in the book of in the book of Ephesians Lois one so, without any further ado let 's start off with. Uh, I know this is different than you hear a lot of other Bible teachers. They they break down, they give you announcements and stuff like that, and they try to do a lot of that sometimes within thirty minutes. I give myself thirty to forty-five minutes and I find myself just trying to talk about everything else too much and not putting much in the word. I heard it I I seen that format too much in churches <laughs> when they start out with a lot of music, a lot of announcements and what's going on. I just believe the word of God should be the first thing. That's just me. You know, that's the way I flow. I'm not saying everybody else is wrong, but I just I try to be a little different for my audience and give them all word as much as I can. Now I have done that in the past because I listen to myself. And I think sometimes I just talks through too much and overanalyze too much and then give 15 to 20 minutes to what the word of God is saying, which is backwards. I'm from now on. I'm going to try not to do that. The word of God is very important for the believers. Okay, here we go. Chapter four. Masters, give to your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Verse two. I read now Colossians four. Verse two Continue in prayer, and watch it, the same with Thanksgiving. three. without praying also for us, that God would open to us a door of utterance, to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Verse five. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Redeem of the time. Let your speech or our speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how you ought to answer every man. Verse 7. All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. Nine. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Ten. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, salutes you, and so does Marcus, Marcus, the sister son of Barnabas, in other words, the nephew of Barnabas, touching whom you receive if he come unto him, or if he come unto you, receive him. Eleven. And Jesus, which is called justice, who are of the circumcision, which is the Jews. That's why I said 98 percent. You know, sometimes he's talking to the Jews. These are only these only are my fellow workers into the kingdom of God, which have been a confidant to me. Epaphys, who was one of you, a faithful servant of Christ. Salutes you always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect or perfect or complete or in maturity in all the will of God for I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea and them Hierapolis, in Hierapolis 14. Luther the beloved physician and Demas greet you 15. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nephis and the church which is in his house and when this epistle is read among you cause that it is read also in the church of the Laodiceans and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea 17 And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord that thou fulfill it. The salutation by the hands of me, Paul. Remember my bonds. Grace be with you. Amen. That's the four last verse of Colossians. It's pretty self-explanatory. That's why I said I don't don't need to elaborate on it a lot. I don't need to prolong it a lot because you can make people confused by trying to break down something or break down a verse that does not need broken down. It's just plain and simple. And I try not to do that. You know, I try not to mislead you and, and, and have you to think That is more to what Paul is saying or anybody is saying in the Bible. I think that's an error in the church, and I don't want to go that route, even if I'm wrong or it needs to be elaborated on. You know, if if this is something that I I feel that is simple to me, I'm going to do that. Someone else might break it down their way and have uh, something further to add to verses. But I'm not going to act like I need something to add to impress You know, nothing, anything like that. I just, if it seems simple, I'm going to tell you, this is what I get out of it. You might get something more and, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to let you know, you know, if it's something need to be added to these verses that need to explain what it's saying. But verses like this or last chapters like this does not. So, I don't have to do much elaboration. That leaves a lot of wiggle room for other things that I can talk about uh, ending this and then go to something else. If that's fair enough? Okay, here we go. First of all, masters. Now, if you go back in the other chapters or you go back earlier chapters of Colossians or even in the book of Ephesians or uh, some of Paul's teachings in uh, other books, books you know, masters refer to what we would call today like our leaders or our not leaders but bosses. But back then there was masters and slaves. Remember, I, I talked about that. There was masters and slaves, and Paul Paul talked about that. I think in, there in verse three he was breaking down husbands, wives, children, and masters and stuff like that in above chapters and everything like that. Remember that, you know. Just go back and check that out. Now, just remember, masters. Give unto your servants that which is just and equal Knowing that you also have a master in heaven Now, for the King James the not No King James readers, your translation might be more clear But I prefer you had it clean If you don't, it's okay, you know It should be more clear But let me just talk to the ones that are King James readers Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal Knowing that you also have a master in heaven In other words, just be fair this, this all is all this verse is saying. You see what I'm saying? Just be fair. Be just. Treat them fair. Treat them equally. Treat your service. Or like I say, service means slave. Treat them equally. Okay? Don't downplay them and don't, you know, don't don't belittle them. Treat them fair. You know, stuff like that, what they deserve. So, master's given to your service that which is just and equal. Knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Now, the master is heaven, of course, is Jesus Christ. So we need to follow that that format of Christ. Paul said, follow, says, follow me as I follow Christ. We must follow that. So only one we should be trying to impress is Jesus Christ. So we should do things fairly and just when we have somebody under our wing. Now today there's no masters and servants you know and you know the, the modern living ways you know now I'm not talking about the, uh, the dictators but I'm just saying masters and servants. We would look at this as our boss you know and we work for a boss or just say for instance I'm a boss and I have someone working under me treat them fairly That don't mean give them favoritism over nobody else. Give them his due or her due. Treat them fairly and equally in the Lord. Now remember, Paul is telling this and uh, telling believers to do this, not the world. I, I like to put a lot of emphasis on that. Paul is talking to believers, so you cannot go to your job and and then try to expect your boss to be that way to you and something like that, no this is now the principle is good. you should treat everyone fair that 's why even unsafe can use these principles. see so it is a lot of principles that the world can use that can benefit them and make their job easier and more fair. so when I tell you this is for the believers that does not mean that the unsaved cannot use these principles as well okay be fair be just okay but remember he's talking to the believers it's not a requirement or a commandment for the world that's what i'm saying it's just for the body the, god is looking at us to do this not so much the world the world is of the world and their spirits are there. they are not part of the family or the children of god You know, we are. So this is a requirement for the church. It's almost like a commandment, not being under the law for the church. But it's not that for the world, but they could still use these principles and that'll benefit them with their work there. You understand what I'm saying? So, all right. Verse two, continue in prayer and watching the same with Thanksgiving. Self-explanatory, pray all the time. Now, what does that mean? Pray all the time or continue in prayer? Whatever you do in the Lord, in the Lord, bring it in prayer. That that does that does not mean praying hours and two hours and three hours. That's not what Paul's saying when he says continue in prayer. Continue in prayer. Make prayer. If you, I'm gonna give you an example. I'm walking down the street. I don't care if I'm going to the bus stop or two to five minutes away. I ask the Lord to be with me, guide me. You know, give me awareness. See, simple. Prayers Give me an awareness. Direct me. Help me be alert. Simple talking to God. Nothing fancy. Continue in prayer. Let everything be within. A simple prayer like that. Now, this does not mean that you go through every scripture or pick out something in the book of Psalms or, you know, some other passages in the Bible, which is okay. You pray something that applies for the church today. You understand what I'm saying, church? Use prayers that's relevant for the day. Now, I'm not saying there's not no prayers that you can use in the Old Testament. But when you try to jump in those supernatural prayers and looking for God to move in a supernatural way, you would be most of the time disappointed because you can't take what God done in this time past through the prophecy program with Israel and pray that and expect it to manifest today it had to be aligned it got to be in the right program which is a prayer the way Paul says pray in his letters because that's for the church today you got that so continue in prayer with the right prayer and watch and sing with thanksgiving give all thanks to God do everything with thanksgiving even when you go through troubles do it with thanksgiving Not by what you feel, but what we must do to help us go stronger. Verse three, without praying also for us, that God would open to us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. Now, praying also for us. Who is us? Paul is talking about himself, but he also talked also is talking about the ones he sent to this, uh, this church, Colossians Church, this faithful church. Pray for them. See, Paul was in prison. This is one of his prison letters. So remember, he was in prison, so he's saying, pray for us. Paul, even though he was led the majority of the time by the Holy Spirit, he still needs prayer because he suffered a lot. He was beaten pretty bad. He got ridiculed. A lot of his followers left him. So he needs that prayer. He needs that uplifting. So pray for us what Paul is saying, that God will open a door open unto us he's there's more that he's not talking about himself paul said pray for them that's with him to open up the utterance to speak the mystery the mystery that's the hidden truth the hidden wisdom that jesus revealed to paul the mystery that was never revealed to no one else so remember that the mystery paul is talking about the mystery the mystery is sound doctrine that's only been that's only taught by the Apostle Paul that was given to him that Jesus heavenly ministry. So when Paul said that I speak the mystery he's talking about the fellowship of the mystery that was only revealed to him. The sound doctrine that was only revealed to him. Give him the utterance or open up the doors or help pray that God will give him the boldness to speak the mystery. The sound doctrine that was only revealed to the Apostle Paul. Why? for which I am also in bonds. See? Let me read this again with our prayer. And also for us, I explain who the us is, that God would open to us a door of utterance. Utterance means speaking, talking. A door of utterance to speak the mystery, the mystery which is only which was only revealed to Paul, the hidden truth. The mystery is, is the majority of Paul's 13 letters that was only revealed to him. It's about seven or eight mysteries that was revealed to him. Paul said, give me the ability or give me the, the speaking ability to preach the mystery or speak the mystery the correct way for which I am also in bonds. Paul said, because, because of this mystery, listen closely, this message that I preach, this gospel that I preach, that's why I'm in jail. That's why I'm behind bonds. See, Paul did not get put in prison or persecuted because of the law message or the gospel of the kingdom like the 12 apostles. He did not get persecuted for that. He got persecuted because the gospel, that other gospel or that gospel he calls that he was preaching, the gospel of the grace of God, the cross. That's why Paul is in bonds That's what he said That's why I'm in jail Bonds mean That's why I'm in jail Because What I am preaching Is another gospel Okay That's why I get preaching Give me the utterance Verse 4 That I may make it manifest Or that I may make it clear As they ought to speak Back to that Like I was explaining earlier. Give me the utterance Give me the ability That I could be clear Of what I'm saying I have to be clear It's important to be clear when you teaching the gospel or teaching the word of God, be as clear as you can. Don't try to talk too fast. I don't care. You don't have to be a great orator. You could be a bad speaker, but at least be clear. And if you are a good speaker, still be clear. Don't overwhelm nobody with your education if you are very educated. But remember, it depends on your audience. Some audiences are more educated. You can get deep with them and use certain words. See, fancy words. Some audience are uneducated. I don't mean just in school, but not only a lack of education in school, but a lack of education of understanding and knowledge. you got to speak to them slowly. And you should know your audience before you even open your mouth. You should check out and know your audience. And when you speak to them, you cannot speak to everyone the same way unless it's just a big group. If it's a big group of educated people they understand certain lingo and uneducated the number one thing comes to still speak plainly you cannot go wrong because the more educated understand you saying it plainly and in a more intelligent way While the other ones only understand it in the plain way so you still win it's always but if they are grouped off and certain educated classes You speak to them, and you stay at their level. It's all that's and very important when you speak and communicate with someone. Stay at their level, okay? That I may make it clear as they ought to speak. Five, walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. Walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom is very important. Don't be so aggressive. Don't be so cocky. Be. It's like a meekness. Even though you might know more than uh, another, be humble with them. Be wise with them. Walk Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, are without, are without the wisdom, redeeming the time. Use wisdom to them that don't have wisdom. Make things, again, plainly in wisdom. But don't compromise or water down the world. Now, he's not saying it's there. I'm just adding this. Walk in wisdom when you're talking towards them that are without redeeming the time. Now, them can be other believers or the unsaved. Either way it go. Walk in wisdom, okay? Verse 6. Let your speech or your utterance or the way you talk be always with grace. Season with salt that you may know how you ought to answer every man. This is also very important. Let your speech or let the way I talk be always with grace. Love. Not with condemnation. There's a lot of ministers out there, and a lot of them mean well, that does the opposite. It's usually a condemnation. Now, there's a time for that. You know, so listen to me closely. There's a time for condemnation. It goes back again. You got to know your audience. You can't go to the audience the same way. You have to know your audience. But walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace. Season with salt. What does salt? Salt is a preserver. Salt gives a certain foods flavor, correct? Season with salt. Jesus used salt and light a lot. So make sure you have the right flavor. You know, make sure they're getting something out of it that it can preserve them and help them to grow. Help them to grow. So let our speech be, or the way we talk to someone, whether someone a brother and sister in Christ or someone that's not saved, that we're trying to bring to Christ, with grace, seasoned with salt. Don't compromise. Just let it be seasoned with grace and love, that you may know how to you ought to answer every man. People will have questions if you speak clearly to them, and you. Try to get it in a way that they can understand. That's why I was talking about that earlier. It's very, very important to do that. I talk like that. It just comes to natural. I try to talk slow so I can, you can understand what I'm saying. See, you go a long way. That way, people will have questions and you should have an answer. Paul said you ought to answer. You ought to be able to know and ought to answer every man. If you make it clearly to someone, then they can come back and ask you a question and you are to be able or supposed to be able to answer them back. OK. All right. Seven. All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant of the Lord. Now, Tychicus, Tychicus is one of the Paul's protégés, one of his followers. He sent Tychicus to declare unto you who is a beloved brother. See, Paul was in prison, so he sent Tychicus. This is not Paul talking to him personally. He sent a message through Tychicus. Declare unto you who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. All my station of Tychicus. In other words, Tychicus will be sending this to you. Declare unto you who is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. This message is coming from Tychicus. From Paul. It's Paul's words, but it's coming from Tychicus. Paul sent Tychicus, okay? Very self-explanatory. Verse 8, whom I have sent, he's explaining it more here about uh, Tychicus, whom I have sent unto you, like I just said, for the same purpose that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. I don't have to explain it, right? Why did he send Tychicus? To know how everything is going with you guys, see? To know how everything is going so he can know your estate, so he can know where you're at, you know, and comfort your hearts. If you're down, he's there to comfort you. If you're not, he's there to encourage you. He needs to know what's going on. See, Paul was very concerned. He loved his followers and he wanted to know how it was going and how their estate was, which is very important. We as the church should be the same way. Verse 9, with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother. Now, with Onesimus, that means Onesimus was with him. Remember the story of Onesimus? You go to the book of Philemon. And I believe that's the same Onesimus. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who was one of you, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Tychicus and Onesimus, both of them were sent by Paul. Tychicus and Onesimus, two of Paul's little proteges, were sent by Paul to give them this message that he's telling them right now they were were sent by Paul Tychicus and Onesimus faithful beloved brother very important for Paul only sent faithful ones faithful ones he didn't just send any believer they had to be faithful faithful and beloved brother who is one of you they shall make known unto you all things which are done here now when he says one of you who is he talking about a believer, part of the body of Christ, part of the church. One of you is the church. Paul is talking to believers, okay? One of you. Not the unsaved. He's talking to a believer. They are one of you. They are part of the church. They are our brothers in Christ. They are part of the body of Christ, okay? Alright. Verse 10. Also, Aristarchus. See, Paul is talking about his followers. And notice who you names you don't hear in this. You don't hear nothing about Peter, James, none of the 12 disciples. You ever notice that? None of the other 12 apostles. None of the other really, uh, well, you know, besides Barnabas and all of them that uh, was sent with Paul. But you notice in Paul's letters, he don't mention Peter or James or any of them. You You ever wonder why or did you ever pay that attention? Paul mentions names that a lot of us don't know too much about. See, when you come to the twelve, Peter, James, John, Matthew, you know, uh, you know, Matthew, Bartholomew, and all those, you don't hear Paul mentioning nothing. Now why? Because they was not part of his uh ministry. They was part of the kingdom ministry, Israel, Israel's ministry. That's very important to see. These names are mentioned are Followers of Paul. Usually these names are Gentile names. Sometimes you can know the difference the way they pronounce Jewish names and Gentile names. It's just something about it, you know, with Greek names or whatever like that. You learn that as you get in the reading and everything like that. But Onesimus, Tychicus, Aristarchus, those were followers of Paul. No mention of Peter and other them. Paul and Peter never went on the same ministry together because they went separate ways. Peter went to ministry to the circumcision, which is the Jews. Paul went to the Gentiles. OK, that's very clear. That's why you don't hear these names in none of Paul's letters. Peter, John, James, that's just food for thought. OK, Aristarchus, a fellow prisoner. What do we mean by fellow prisoner? That means he was in prison with Paul. Fellow prisoner means he was in prison with Paul. Saluted to you. And Marcus, sister son of Barnabas. Now remember Mark. I think Marcus is Mark. Mark is the one that left him, remember, for the world. Or was that Demas? In other words, Mark was the one. Now Mark was the one that him and Barnabas had a sharp argument over, Paul and Barnabas. Remember, Mark is the nephew of Barnabas which he's going to say that later in 10. Mark is a nephew of Barnabas. Every day Paul called Barnabas back because earlier then Paul did not want Marcus or Mark. He called him Mark then, but he didn't want It's the same Mark that wrote the book of Mark. Okay, remember that. Marcus is the same one that wrote the book of Mark. Paul t- uh, told Barnabas he didn't want Mark to go along with them because Mark deserted him earlier. See, Paul needs someone faithful. He got persecuted. He wound up by himself. Mark left him. See, Mark went somewhere else into the world. I don't know what Mark done, but evidently Mark is back now. Mark became an important piece in Paul's ministry. That's connected to the dots. Remember that, okay? Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, salutes you. And Marcus, sister son of Barnabas, means Barnabas' nephew. To make it plain. Touching whom you receive commandments. If he come unto you, receive him. Receive who? If Marcus come back, the one I said I didn't want with me earlier, now, if he come back now, receive him. Don't, Don't be against him. Go ahead and receive him. It's okay now. He's changed his ways. He's changed his hearts. I believe that's what Paul said, bring him back. Receive him, okay? Verse 11. And Jesus, which is called justice, many of us probably didn't even know there was another person in the Bible named Jesus, but evidently it was, according to the King James anyway. And Jesus, which is called justice, who are of the circumcision. Now, what do we mean by that? He was a Jew. Now, that does not mean he was part of the body of Christ. That could mean that, that's why I said that 90-something percent or 98%, and I'm, I'm just throwing numbers out there, is because it had other people that was in the kingdom program because you just can't jump from the kingdom into the body of christ no you can't do that paul was a, a different unique and you know example that you know he was uh birthed into the body of christ but that's another story he was an exception but you cannot be in the kingdom program and all of a sudden jump in the body of christ That's why he named him separately of the circumcision. He wouldn't put the specifics on the circumcision on him being a Jew if he was not part of the body of Christ. Because I believe, and uh, this was broke down by Trey Cersei as well, that made me open up my eyes. Thank God for a teacher like Trey Cersei that helps me out a lot. That there was also kingdom from the kingdom members that helped out Paul. But that was not part of the body of Christ. And I believe this is an, ex- is an example of that. This is what I'm getting. And this is what I was listening to Trey Circe say. How accurate that is, I don't know. But that's just something to look at. You know, I stand to be corrected. But circumcision, that lets you know he was a Jew. He was of the circumcision. Circumcision, when it's named like that, I can give it that much, means they are of the kingdom program. Or he would, ju- he would just sometimes say this was, he's a Jew. But he said of the circumcision. Circumcision meant this is the ones that belonged under the covenants. They was under the kingdom program and had to be circumcised. So that's why I said I believe and I agree with Cersei that they was part of the kingdom, but they wasn't part of the body of Christ. But they was helping out Paul. Okay? These only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been a confidence to me. Now, kingdom of God. You may say it's used interchangeably. Yes, but at the same time, the kingdom of God, uh, ooh, this brother breaks it down. Very good. Let's fill it. When it comes to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is the heavens. The leader over the heavens. God's kingdom is the heavenly places. God's kingdom is the earth. The future heavens and that future earth. See, both programs, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven and the gospel of the grace of God, the kingdom of heaven program, the 12 and the Jews program, Israel covenant, and going into the New Testament, the new covenant, Israel and the body of Christ. Those two programs are also in the whole kingdom of God. So when you hear the word kingdom of God, God is just talking about all The Paul programs, both programs, the kingdom of heaven and the gospel of the gospel of the kingdom of heaven and the gospel of the grace of God are in the kingdom of God. That's all they're saying, okay, the kingdom of God. Now, you can use it interchangeably as well. You won't hurt nothing, but it must be explained when you're teaching it, when Paul says the kingdom of God, because if he would have said the kingdom of heaven... He would have been talking about the kingdom of heaven on earth. Okay, remember, the heavenly kingdom hasn't come down yet also for Israel. So there is a heavenly kingdom that will come down on earth. But the kingdom of God is just, you know, all the things that's ran by God, the heavens and the earth, all spiritual things and everything, including the body of Christ, including the kingdom church. Okay, that's within the kingdom of God. All right. Verse 12, Epaphras, who was one of you. Now you see the difference. Now who was what what did I say the last time he said one of you? He's one of you. He's part of the body of Christ. He's a Gentile. See see how it just separates circumcision justice who are of the circumcision justice who are of the jews the kingdom program here in 13 says who who is one of you he's part of the body of christ he's a gentile a servant of christ salutes you always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of god remember perfect means what mature so that you may stand mature and complete. Remember, in the King James Bible, when you see perfect, it just means you are mature and complete in all the will of God. That's very important to be mature in the things of Christ. Okay. 13. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you. Who? Epaphys, remember, this is connecting the dots. 12 and 13, when he says him, he's talking about Epaphras, the one I just read about. For I bear him record. I bear Epaphras record that he had the great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea and them in Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician and Demas, greet you. Remember Luke. Luke, the one who wrote the book of Luke and he wrote the book of Acts. Luke wrote the book of Luke and he also wrote the book of Acts. Remember that, okay? So, and Demas, remember Demas. Demons also left Paul for the world. You know, all this demons also left Paul for the world. Okay? So that's very important to understand. Okay? Okay. Demons left Paul for the world. Okay, I was saying goodbye to someone. All right. 15. Salute the brethren. Which are in Laodicea and Nephis and the church which is in his house. Now, Nephis, there's a little uh Nephis in some translations or some commentaries is mentioned as a woman, a female. King James mentions Nephis as a he. Which one? I don't know. But I'm just going to go for what I'm reading out of King James because Nephis is mentioned as being a female, you know, because indeed, I believe some translations say her house because they got a little study on that. But here is just said Nephys and the church, which is in his house. So I'm going to stick with this. I'm not going to say this is correct, but I'm going to sense the King James what I'm reading out of your book or your translation may say her. I'm not going to say you're wrong, but I'm just reading out of King James Nephis and the church, which is in his house. Salute them. Okay, 16. And when this epistle, remember epistle, epistle means letter. And when this letter is read among you... Calls or make sure that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. Make sure this letter that is brought to me from Tychicus and Onesimus and all the ones I was talking about is read through these different churches. See, these are churches. One body, body of Christ, the Laodicean church, okay, the Laodicean church. And make sure this letter is read among you, cause that is read also in the church of the Laodiceans of that you likewise read. Now, these are not denominations. These are one church, but they just in different areas. But they are one. One accord. Speaking the same thing. I remember I explained that earlier and everything like that. So this, uh, this is one church, but they just live in different areas. They are still one church. Reaching out to each other, they're not stretched out like denominations. They're denominations, most denominations, just reach out to their own denominations. They they they're segregated in a sense. They they spread it out, but the church, the way the church is supposed to be, is supposed to be as one. We reach out to each other and be on same accord, and and, and and same speech and everything like that. The church today, it's not, sadly to say. Seventeen. I say to Archippus, who another one take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord that thou fulfill it. Archippus, hold on. Remember the sound doctrine that I told you. Paul is saying somewhat. Take heed. Stay faithful. Stay faithful to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord that thou fulfill it. Stay faithful. Make sure you stay faithful and stand and fulfill that ministry. Don't branch off. Don't branch out. Stay faithful on what I told you no matter what take heed, take this seriously, like it's your life, like it's your last. Take this and stand on it and fulfill it. He didn't say just think about fulfilling it or just try to hold on the best way you can. He said, no, fulfill it. That's very important. That's how the church was back then. And that's how it's supposed to be today. Verse 18, the final and the ending of chapter four. This or the salutation by the hand of me, Paul, remember my bonds. Grace be with you. Amen. In other words, this letter, this letter that it has been written by the hands of me, Paul, but it was sent by Paul to Tychicus. Remember my bonds. Remember that I'm in jail now. Remember why I am in jail or why I am locked up now. Grace be with you. Amen. That's the book of Colossians in a nutshell. You notice I went through this book and I took the time off. I know it takes longer, but when you're trying to explain first stuff first, it don't have to be complicated. You don't have to be perfect. You have to allow yourself to make errors. And we would not make errors if we just slow down and read it literally and don't try to expand on it all the time when it don't need no expanding on. And I tried not to expand on it, but you know, some from the King James lingo. You know, I have to just explain it to the King James reader because of the the old English literature, the old the, the, the English that we don't use today. That's why I have to be explained. It, it's, it's some translations, even the living Bible, which are okay explains it, in other words, breaks it down more in a literal way. You have to be careful with paraphrasing and stuff like that. No doubt. What you live in Bible, it's it just a paraphrase, which I don't use that for study or breakdown. No, no. But it makes it more simple and more modern and plain but without taking away from the inerrant Word of God. You follow what I'm saying? Okay. Alright, that's the end of Colossians. In the future, Lord's willing, I'm going to do a verse-by-verse teaching. On the book of Ephesians, I will give you an update because I'm going to do it the same way. Go right into it and give you a teaching on the book of Ephesians. You will see so much of a similarity in these two books, Ephesians and Colossians. I call them like twins. Ephesians just happen to have two extra chapters, six chapters, while Colossians has four. But they have somewhat of a, a, a flavor that's kind of taste alike, if I could say that in a metaphorical way, you know. But I will be getting into the book of Ephesians as well, along with other things and other guest audio teachers as well, and connecting the dots. Until then, I love you all. God bless you all. I hope you got something out of the whole book. Go back and go through this study over and over as much as you can. And whenever the Holy Spirit leads you to look deeper in certain things, just continue to do that because some things I might miss, I may miss, and the Holy Holy spirit want to guide you to real truth he's the only one okay but remember when you read and study the Bible make it simple when you're trying to teach someone make it simple don't try to add nothing to certain verses that don't need added to that's not a two-hour verse you don't need to be taking on no 30 minutes or two hours on no verse that's your flesh you trying to get too deep and something you don't need to get deep and the people are lost whatever is simple It's simple. Take the word of God literally and just try to break it down when it needs to be broke down. Especially the King James Bible. Okay. That's why you have to be careful with other translations. They try to make it too modern, and then they lose the wrong meaning of what is really God is really trying to say through his word. So that's why you need the help of the Holy Spirit to guide you through. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, this is Joseph Brownlee connecting the dots. I hope you got something out of this. God bless you all. Until next time, remember, you don't have to be saved first to be forgiven. You have already been forgiven. Now, a gateway or a pavement has been opened for you to be saved. That's good news. That's the ministry for the church today of reconciliation. God bless you. Bye bye. Peace out.